on today's show, the fish monk, the swimming island, and the Slavic frog-faced naked old man. Welcome to Two 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 Paranormal Podcast with your host Jen and Joe. Welcome back, everybody. We missed you. How's how's our listeners doing today? So, what's up, Joe? What did you think of last week's show? Oh, oh my, my god! god. I, it's I still can't process some of that. Like I went back and watched the video again. Yeah. Uh. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wasn't a possession. I think so. I mean, we both know Courtney extremely well. We've known her for a while. She has never acted like that where she would do that for sensationalism or anything like that for the show. Yeah. So, guys, if you're listening and this is your first time listening to the podcast, go back to our last show. And we interviewed... Courtney and Gigi from Scared or Alone and Paranormal XL podcast, where they were in the Velisca Axe House. And it, it's incredible. You, you just have to hear it to believe it. So go back and check yeah, that episode definitely. out. After you're done listening to today's show, go back and listen to that last week's show. It was amazing. And let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Let us know your opinion on that because I know a few people that have gone to investigations and had things happen to them, but nothing that extreme. On camera, live. Live. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but really, really interesting. And, you know, you just have to take this stuff seriously. You know, you just never know. You may think you're just going to a regular location, but you don't know what entities or spirits are there yeah. or what energies are around, if they're good, bad, positive, negative. You just have to be on your game. And and don't go I know it's scared and alone, but <laughs> thankfully she has, you know, you know, her monit people monitoring her as she's doing this because like what if you were in some place like that and something got to you? Yeah. You and could hurt yourself. I do know that she calls it scared and alone, but I, I believe that there's always someone outside mm-hmm. the location yeah. in case something does happen. Uh- and and this is a perfect just, example exactly. of, you know, if something was to go wrong, you know, or, or I, I just, I can't stress enough that, you know, you have to be very careful when you're doing these kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's fun and it's entertaining, but it, it can also be very dangerous. Even if you're going into a location and you're not ghost hunting per se, you're going into a haunted location just to check it out or have one of those day tours or something mm-hmm. just to yourself say, you know, you can't follow me home, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because you never know if, even if you're just in one of these locations, if they can attach you or not. Sure. It's very easy, mm-hmm. especially if you're open to it or you tell them, you know, use my energy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen that go south a couple times. <laughs> You know, I, I say, you know, if you want to tap me on the shoulder or stuff like that, it's okay. But once again, once I leave, I tell them, you know, hey, I'll come back and visit you, but you cannot follow me home. Right. I do not give you permission, that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I, whoo, that was a good one, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, you know, it was very, very um, eye-opening. Yeah. 
that that place after all of these years, you know, and that incident that happened was what probably maybe close to a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it still resonates mm-hmm. um, to this day. And there's still very intelligent, active, um, haunting there. Yeah. But on today's show, we are taking a deep dive into the ocean. <laughs> My favorite place. Now, Joe just came back from the beach a couple, what, about a month ago? Yeah. I went out to the islands. Uh, the Island islands. boy. Yeah. I tell you what, like, I think I mentioned it before. I was surprised at what it was like. And, you know, when we're used to go on vacations and that, and like, of course, I haven't had vacation in forever. <laughs> All our vacations involve the paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> so we're always go, go, go. And this was a complete rest vacation and yeah. it was nice and i did find and since i've been there i've been researching a lot we got to go back for the hauntings there back so, i haven't been there yeah. yet <laughs> we've got to go there because of the, the haunted stuff that is there yeah. i did when i was there i did do some video work on the um sugar plantation that's very haunted and when i say video work i mean i just walked around with my video camera and it didn't turn out that great. But I, I think I'm still going to post it just so that people can see what it's like and what, you know, the whole plantation thing's about. Yeah. So we are going into the ocean. So Joe was in the ocean. Now we're <laughs> deep diving into the creepy cryptids of the ocean. But some people may ask, because maybe this is the first time listening to podcasts, what is a cryptid? So cryptids are animals that cryptozoologists who have all the degrees, right? Believe may exist in the wild somewhere, but they're not recognized by science. Mm -hmm. So they call it a pseudoscience, which basically we're looking for stories or claims that may have been rejected by the scientific community or maybe biologists are trying to figure out if it's a new species or maybe they're using the scientific method of trying to figure out is this folklore, rumor? Is there a record? Did maybe something exist at one time? Or does it exist and we just haven't had the proof yet? Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of us in the paranormal have had experiences with these type of things. But sometimes it's just a personal experience and you just don't have the ability to capture it at that moment on video or yeah. audio or take and a picture. It's so tough right now because... It's so easy to fake videos and mm-hmm. photos that a lot of times I'm, I see all these videos in that of like Bigfoot and stuff. And it's like, it's easy to fake. But if you see it in real life, that's the experience that you can cherish and you, you can tell yourself this is real. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like our paranormal investigations. We can't prove, I mean, we have EVPs and stuff, but we can't prove the experience. That we've had. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting and why I wanted to kind of talk about oceanic cryptids is we talk about, like you said, Bigfoot. We talk about the Frogman. We talk about um, the Minerva Monster, mm-hmm. Loch Ness. But our ocean is so vast. And still, they say, like, I get different readings between 75 to 90% uncharted. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that we haven't even explored or gotten 
to, um, you know, got down to like yeah, the Mariana Trench. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very possible. And, and you've seen some of the videos of very ugly, strange looking creatures from very, very dark depths. That are real, that are right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about the different creatures and that. And you think there is no way that there's something like that. But yet. Yeah. They've seen it and they videotaped them and they're actually down there and they just look so weird because they're creatures of their environment. Right. Definitely. You know, when you're at what super pressure and super darkness, you they just evolve to be bioluminescent or have giant eyes or really ugly teeth. Um, I really wanted to just you know, talk about some that we don't normally hear about, but have been mentioned in history or text. So one of them, which um, is very interesting to me because Joe just um, sent me this thing today about the last living um, tortoise. Was it a tortoise or a turtle? It's a tortoise. Okay. Um, from Vietnam, it was the very last one now is, is completely extinct. It was this giant, um, like pig nose shaped tortoise that lived in the mud in Vietnam and parts of Thailand and, or no, China. And it, the very last living one died today. So this is called the Zaratan and it's, um, was said to be as large as a whale, a turtle as large as a whale. So Christopher Columbus had observed this and wrote about this in his um, journals or whatever he kept at that time. It was so huge that the shell was mistaken for a small island. Yeah. And the diameter measured hundreds of feet. And the um, carapace, which is basically the back, Looked like a rocky slope terrain. So sailors have even dropped anchor on what was supposed to be this landmass, only to be met with a grim fate. Their ships were dragged underwater at night where the beast would sink below the surface. Now it's said that the Zaratan can emit a sweet aroma from its mouth that serves to lure and attract its prey. When sufficient prey have been drawn inside the animal snaps the jaw shut like an alligator. And some cryptozoologists speculate that this cryptid could be related with the um, Archelon, which is the largest sea turtle that ever lived. So it could be this one in the same. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine something as large as an island, but if you ever seen the shells of those sea turtles, Mm -hmm. When we went to Florida, we went to the sea turtle rescue place and they had one of those. I'm not kidding. It was bigger than like a Volkswagen. Yeah. It was giant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. So somewhere else they compared that shell to one of the prehistoric turtle shells and it was like big as a house. I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my word. So it's very possible that, you know, this could have been still around from the you know, stone ages or whatever you would call it could have been the last of its kind. Yeah. Right. I haven't had any recent reports of it. Now, when I was 
snorkeling in St. John's, I did snorkel with sea turtles that were about three foot wide. Oh, my god! They were huge. And I kept having to back up because I didn't want to run into the thing. But um, maybe it was deeper than I thought, you know, farther away from me than I thought. But it's very possible there was a Zaratan out there when Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. was out there because the legends and stories of these, you know, where do they come from? You know, because the Galapagos turtles, they live over 100 years. Oh, yeah. And sure. we don't know the lifespan of these creatures. They could have had a thousand-year lifespan. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Isn't there a shark in, um, like, Iceland or Greenland that's, like, 600 years yeah, old? 480 years wow. old. Wow. So, yeah, for sure. Like, um, who knows? Mm-hmm. It's... Zartans are noted for their um, long lifespan and impossible shell size. Um, you know, they compare to a size of, of a whale, yeah. which I don't know if you ever have been out whale watching, but people see it on TV and like, oh, it's big. And that, this one's up next to you. You're like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Didn't we go whale watching when we went to San Diego? I didn't go. You, me, Sean, and Angie? No. I thought we all went on a whale watching. No, nope, I never have. Okay, never mind. Must have been something else. <laughs> um, but the Zaratan, there are pictures of this turtle that they call a Zaratan where it's got like three foot of dirt on it. Okay. I know you've seen pictures of it. Mm-hmm. But that's about the size of a tortoise. And what they say is this turtle, it hibernates. And when it gets done hibernating, it just walks out and it's so strong that it just carries the land with it. Oh, my god! But that's where this legend comes from. That's incredible. There's another cryptid that I want to mention. And you may have heard of this one. It's called the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. And the name comes from, you know, gargantuan sea creatures or monsters. Now, although in modern Hebrew, that word means whale, it was first referenced in the Old Testament where it's often described as a type of sea serpent. Other sources describe the cryptid as dragon-like and that it lives above the sources of the deep sea. But some of the characteristics attributed to it is its length, which is some claim to be 300 miles long. Yeah. Now, how can that, I mean, like, <laughs> that's like, what, Manhattan or something? 300 uh, Miles long. Right. Yeah. I think they're exaggerating that a I little bit. So. But um, it says when it's hungry, the Leviathan, Leviathan can generate heat from its mouth so intense that it makes oceans boil. Now, the huge creature also had eyes that could cast forth a blinding light, and it was said to possess powerful fins. Um, bear in mind, these characteristics have been gathered from, you know, multiple sources. But what's interesting is... Um, you know, although it sounds like it's been um, exaggerated throughout mm-hmm. the things, it's not to say that something like that couldn't exist. We've seen videos of, I don't know if you remember seeing the video of that very long um, sea serpent that had like the ice chunks on the back of it going down mm-hmm. this river and they couldn't explain it. And they were like, it wasn't a log. It definitely had movement to okay. it, you know. Anything like animals, their eyes Mm -hmm. reflect the light. So it could have been reflecting moonlight, you know, um, or be bioluminescent Mm -hmm. as well. You know, and when they're talking about these 
And bioluminescence is a big aspect of this because a lots of times these sailors are out and we're talking legends from 1200s and you know whenever they just start or even earlier Mm -hmm. they didn't understand bioluminescence so they saw a glowing thing in the water they thought that it was the eyes of a dragon or something you know and that's where these legends come from now i'll mention remember this leviathan i can't say leviathan leviathan remember this and i'll explain something later also but a lot of these have that same shape Sort of like the Loch Ness Monster. Mm, yeah. You know, but there's one called the Conrit. Now, the term Conrit has been linked to sea serpents, but this critter from Vietnam is unique that it's usually described as a large aquatic centipede that inhabits the South China Sea. Mm. Its body is composed of a series of bony plates along with a fish-like fins used to swim. So basically the same shape, except mm-hmm. it has these plates on it, like uh, hard plates like you see in centipedes. Oh, yeah, which are creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ever see one, you ever see the giant centipedes? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Gross. But that's what this looks like. Okay. And instead of having legs, all those are little fins. Ah, gotcha. A beach carcass was found in 1833, which is said to measure more than 60 feet long and around three foot wide. 50 years later, a creature with a similar description washed up ashore in Vietnam. This specimen was decapitated, but it had the segmented joints where through, you know, that were tough and durable, like steel, they said. That sounds very dinosaurish. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of like, um, what's the one that has, was it the triceratops that had like the bony plates mm-hmm. like that? But if this had like, additional like almost paddles or you know fins yeah that's easily could have stuck around from ancient times it's known to have countless fins it uses to propel itself through the water and was fast enough to keep up pace with any vessel most accounted estimates put this at 130 foot long and was documented in hong kong around 1960s there's a lot of like cryptid type things over in that way. There and it's, is. No wonder they have like, you know, in Asian culture and, and art dragons. Yeah. Because they're seeing these things, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. they just didn't like make it up out of thin air. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine like, say you were a sailor back in the early days, right? In the 1900s or, or 1200s <laughs> or whatever. And being seeing some of these creatures, like, what would you even think? Because you had no point of reference. No. There's no books. You're just out there hoping you make it to wherever you're going. And then a giant sea squid or something comes yeah. and attacks your boat. You know, we talk about the giant squid, and they, they thought that giant squids were myth mm-hmm. for so long until they actually saw one and filmed it. Yeah. And they are big enough. Now, we, when we think about ships, though, you know, you think about, okay, let's say Columbus's ships. Mm-hmm. Those are pleasure cruisers nowadays. They're right. not as big as people think. Yeah. You know, when we think of ships, we think of like cruise ships and stuff. Yeah. yeah. These were not that big. They no. were These things were like 30 foot or 40 foot long. You right. know, they weren't that big. So if you have a giant squid that's the same size as the boat, then this is a massive creature, you know, and which they are. But I could, I believe that, you know, a, Good-sized squid could sink a ship. Sure. 
I mean, and they have a giant beak. It could just rip a hole inside. Uh But how crazy would you have to be to get on a boat, not know where you're going, not know, um, (laughs) you know, if your food's going to run out, thinking that, you know, (laughs) like you're going on a one week or one month, you know, journey and you end up getting lost in the ocean and either you starve to death or the weather gets you or... Uh, which happened giant squid comes yeah. up and you know snatches you off the gangplank or whatever <laughs> they call it <laughs> oh gosh it's that's that's terrifying mm-hmm. you know and then can you imagine if you went and you finally made it to shore and then you like show up and you're in some hostile you know country it and happened. they don't let you yeah don't let you uh, embark on their land. Mm-hmm. And then you have to turn around and go back to the land. You'll see. Um, there's one called the Shore Laddie. Yes. I like this one's <laughs> interesting. I like this one. Um, it's also known as the Beach Walker. So the creature has been reported since around the 1700s. And it's said to be most commonly sighted um, sea monster in Iceland. Even though it is typically dwells on shore. Um It's said to be about the size of a ram, and it makes a distinct clicking sound when it walks. Now, it's due to the barnacles and muscles that attach to its dark fur, which is interesting that it was in the water, but it has fur. Mm -hmm. And depending on the source, they can have feet that are either hooved or webbed, have fangs that give them like a facial, kind of um, resembling a seal, and... They're vegetarian, so they're not going to eat us, right? (laughs) Um, But they do exhibit really odd behavior. So they have a tendency to breed with sheep, which produces deformed lambs. Yeah. And eyewitness accounts of shore dwellers or shore laddies um, continue to this day in the western fjords of Iceland. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting, you know, people don't understand. Well, I think we understand, but try to wrap your head around of like, these places like say the nordic countries you know super isolated cold you know you could go days and days and days and never see a person Mm -hmm. so who knows what's out there right like just scary if the stuff's in the water but now it's coming onto the land just like the ninjin what's that the ninjin means human in japanese and crew members aboard Research vessels have been reported seeing the human-like, humanoid life forms in the waters in the Antarctic. The creatures are huge with estimated lengths of 30 meters or 98 feet or even bigger. They usually describe them as being stark white with two arms, two legs, and two hands with five fingers on each hand. Now, other estimates show these as being a creature that is walking upright but has no hands. Hmm. It just has the body with no head, like just a like a ping pong ball or legs. And then there's also been examples of these where they look like the head of a human, the arms of a human, and the body of a snake. Oh, that's creepy. Those have been seen in the water. But the thing about this thing, okay, and the reason why I describe it as having no head, just basically a body with legs. When I was researching this, it reminded me of the San Francisco Nightcrawlers. Yes. It was the exact same thing, except these are more fat. You know, Instead mm-hmm. of just being legs, 
these have bodies and the, and the legs, but they look like those. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Which those are totally unexplainable. Yeah. Yet they've had multiple videos with those yep. in it. It's mm-hmm. strange. You know, it says it has like a slit type mouth or sometimes it's a smaller gaping eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's like you wonder what what would its diet be because it can't capture any, it, it couldn't capture anything. It doesn't have arms to grab it. So it would have to have very fast swimming. So I'm thinking maybe it eats other fish or something yeah, in the water. It would have to. Uh, weird. All right. Before we go into the real things <laughs> let's dive into the the strange and the mysterious yes let's talk about the, the naked old man ah, from the, slavic mythology <laughs> yes so the vadyanoi i think i'm saying that correct but i'm gonna go with it um so it's rooted in slavic mythology the uh, vadanoi are water spirits who take on the form of a naked old man sitting but they have a frog-like face and they spend a lot of time in fresh and salt water, it's reported. Um, so they tend to have a lot of moss and algae and other plant-like growths all over their body, which give them a distinctive green color. Now, they're also said to be very calm and can often be seen floating down a river or along a shoreline, sometimes on a log or on driftwood. In popular culture, these creatures have a made appearances in like those series called the witcher i don't know if you've ever watched that that, i started watching it it was interesting and then i got really busy and i couldn't finish it it was really good i really really enjoyed it um they say they formed a society and share the ocean with other races now despite their old appearance and peaceful demeanor if angered they can be quite destructive so in slavic lore if anyone angered sea creatures, the Vadanoi would destroy man-made structures near bodies of water that it resided in or drown humans and animals in the area. So the worst case scenario, a really mad Vadanoi would drag its victims down to its underwater home where they would be enslaved for eternity. Which um, sounds kind of like along the line of like things parents tell their children to keep them safe from yeah. like playing around the water's edge or going into the forest, mm-hmm. those type of things. Yeah, but, don't go in the forest because the fae folk will take you. Right. So it could be something along that lines too. Um, so what about the sea bishop? Oh, yes. Joe, tell us all about him. According to the sea monster myth and legends, the sea bishop or bishop fish was caught and taken to the king of Poland who showed it to a group of Catholic bishops when the bishops released the creature it made the sign of the cross before disappearing back under the waves the bishop fish is a type of fish that looks like a man specifically like a Catholic bishop while other variations include legends of a sea monk a fish that looks like a monk Later, experts came to the conclusion that the sea monk was probably actually an angel shark, a type of shark that was known as the monkfish. The bishop fish, fish, son of a fish. (laughs) The bishop fish made an appearance in the fourth volume of the Concord 
Giza something. I can't <laughs> say that word. Um, an inventory of Renaissance zoology as well as Johann, Johann Zahn Spectas Psycho something Historica. <laughs> Basically, it made an appearance in different books on mythology in that um, in the old days. Back in the day. Way back. So the monkfish, which looks like a monk with a pointed head and human hands and human legs with fins as ears. I don't know. It kind of looks like it's wearing a cape or yeah. something. <laughs> with scales. The sepia shop. Yes. But, okay, so let's talk about some real things. And this is where some of these may have come from. Now, you've all heard of the Loch Ness Monster. Sure. And they think that's a plesiosaurus. Mm-hmm. Plesiosaurs were a group of marine reptiles that had boat-like bodies and both had and also had four flippers. There were also long-necked and short-necked versions of the plesiosaurus, but the most common is the long-necked one, and it's said to live 251 million years ago. So... Um, they've also been known to live up to 66 million years ago. Now, this is your common thing that they say that Loch Ness Monster is, the Lake Erie Monster, all these are plesiosaurs. What makes that difference from like the Transosophius is their body shapes. Now, this is where a lot of these that they are talking about sea snakes mm-hmm. or the um, even maybe a dragon. Okay. Saying that it had the long body or mm-hmm. even the Lothiaban, yeah. which had <laughs> a 300 foot long body. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. Tania Sophus. Mm-hmm. This creature actually lived in many different seas and was just like the plesiosaur. But like I said, it was like three times as long and three times as skinny. So it still had the four fins, but the head and neck were almost twice the size of its own body. Wow. So this is where they had, where they said they were snakes because the bodies were so long. Now, obviously these were around 66 million years ago, but how do we know? How do we know that deep down in some of these seas, like Loch Ness, Mm -hmm. which is super deep, there isn't one of these creatures that's still alive. Sure, and you think about it too, like... If they're living in that cold of an environment and that deep pressure, mm-hmm. you know, their heart rate isn't going to be super fast. So that could extend their yes. life mm-hmm. span, you know, to way longer. I mean, look at, you know, the coelacanth, which yes. was long thought to be extinct. Yes. It's a plated type fish. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ugly looking, unless you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I think I dated a few my lifetime but uh but you know here it is they found it an actual and alive they thought it was an extinct they thought it was prehistoric mm-hmm. and it's slow moving not a great yeah. metabolism so i mean anything is possible yeah it's blue. people didn't don't realize that yeah it was blue um but that's a perfect example because they thought that these things went extinct millions of years ago and they find one in a fish market in thailand mm-hmm. and the guy's like oh that's just a fish it's like this thing's a fish with legs <laughs> yeah 
it crawled out the primordial soup. And there's another thing, too. I mean, you've seen this video on YouTube of they say it's a sea monster and it's like 11 feet long coming down this canal. Mm -hmm. And turns out it's just a um, sturgeon. Oh, those things are wicked looking. Yeah, but, Didn't you see some when you were out um, jet skiing? Oh, yeah. Under the Mackinac Bridge? Yeah. Weren't they giant, They're too? They're huge. I would have been terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ocean's got sharks, but the Great Lakes got sturgeon. But think about this, too. A lot of them back in the 1600s, maybe 1200s, when you're out there, those fish were still there. They were around. Yeah, and, you know, if sharks you know, survived from dinosaur days. Why can't other things have, you know, like things died off on the land, but mm -hmm. under the water, were they, you know, were they affected by whatever killed? Obviously not if sharks are still around. I mean, you think about the Megalodon. Oh, this thing. Get me started, Joseph. You this know, thing I love was talking so about it. Big that when you have a person standing in its mouth, a normal sized person doesn't even come up halfway through its mouth and they don't know if that's still around. They say that there's no such thing as them anymore, but they have videotapes of this enormous shark going past the oil rigs. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that video footage, but what swims past, they have like one of those underwater cameras on those rigs, which, you know, they have that for security or whatever. Yeah. They keep an eye on safety. The, yeah. That, they actually have cameras that go up and down the pipes mm -hmm. and all that. This thing swims by it. It's clearly a shark, but it's ginormous, mm -hmm. like the size of a blue whale. I mean, we've talked about that shark that's 400 and some years old. Mm -hmm. That was huge. But yeah. you could tell that style of shark. This looks like a great white, but it's four times as big. Yeah, so they... They claim that it would weigh upwards of 50 to 70 tons and had a measured span of 60 to 70 feet in length, which a, like a blue whale, which is the biggest whale, is 100 to 110 feet long. So it's almost as big as the blue mm -hmm. whale. They would, you know, scientists say that the deep ocean would be way too cold for them to survive. Um, they were extremely large and they eight other extremely large animals and there was nothing um, big enough or numerous enough to sustain them. Um, if they were thinking they lived in the, you know, in the Mariana trench, but who's to say there aren't under some sea shelf or, mm -hmm. you know, just not, I don't want to say able, but just, just not interested in coming to the service or maybe they maybe live they in the part in the ocean that they, just don't get seen if they do. Yeah, or they don't have to come to the surface. Yeah. I mean, these things are so big that they can eat anything. Yeah. And there have been reports, I believe it was in the year 2000, if I can remember right. Don't quote me on the exact date, mm -hmm. but they found a great white shark's head that was bit off by something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what else, what's the only thing that could bite like that, you know? Right, because the... Sharks and whales are like enemies. So like orcas chase sharks mm -hmm. and they try to kill them. But they're they're taking a bite out of them. They're not chopping their head off. Exactly. Right? As it's if crazy. this was bit off as if something came behind it and just ate the body and where it 
where it chomped down, the head came off. So the Megalodon, um, when it was alive back in the dinosaur days, they would have most likely eaten whales, large fish, or probably other sharks. They had serrated edge teeth. And if you take a look on the internet at pictures of the tooth, they're ginormous right like a normal like large shark tooth it's probably like the size of your hand this is probably like the size of maybe like three foot yeah so imagine you know they would have 276 teeth that are like a foot tall and um that coming at you i mean the bite force alone mm-hmm. I have seen teeth from the Megalodon, mm-hmm. and it's bigger than your hand. Wow. It's like double the size of your hand. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, they were known to have like a shorter nose um, compared to like a great white, which was a little flatter, and the jaw was a little bit more squashed, and it had an extra large pectoral fin, which would support the weight and the size of it. So it would be interesting to go back and look at that picture and see if we could see the fin Mm -hmm. on that um, megalodon so the oldest definitive ancestor of megalodon is 55 million years old and that was a shark known as odysseus obliquius (laughs) i don't know latin which grew to about 10 meters which was like 10 times three i think that's what 30 feet long you know as more and more fossils are being found they're seeing that the great whites lived alongside of the megalodon. So scientists might think they were in competition with each other. And that's another perfect example, too, is great whites lived alongside megalodons, which were how many millions of years old? Mm-hmm. And they're still around. Right. So why can't some of these sea creatures still be around? Why not? I believe in it. Um. So the last oceanic cryptid that joe and i want to talk about is the mbuzu now this is around the japan islands so in japan there are sea monsters that are like nightmare fuel right for sailors and believe that the myths surrounding these creatures um, are still kind of present in today so the mbuzu was a giant shadowy humanoid like monster who terrorized sailors who um, maybe cross their path during their voyage. Upon encountering the creature, uh, what once maybe a beautiful calm day, the water would instantly turn thunderous and chaotic. Harsh waves would start crashing and then it would start raining. According to the Japanese mythology, when the Umbuzu appears, they're either immediately attack a ship and drown its crew or ask from for a barrel from the ship's supply as an offering. If the crew would comply with the creature's demand, sometimes the Mbuzu would spare the life of the ship. But in order to ensure a safe travel away from the sea monsters, sailors would say that giving the Mbuzu a bottomless barrel would leave the creature confused, giving the ship and its crew an opportunity to flee before the Mbuzu realized it had been tricked. What did it look like? shadowy figure kind of with a um human type head arms sometimes just with tentacle looking appendages instead of arms right yeah i've heard stories <laughs> where both they had the arms and without arms 
Um, one of the stories I heard was there was a little man in his little fishing boat, and all of a sudden the sea went crazy, and one of these in, um, imbuzios appeared in front of him, and it asked, are you afraid? And the man said, no, I am not afraid of you. And it said, give me some of your fish, and I will let you go. And the man said, you know, I'm not afraid of you. Here's some fish, and it, it let him go. It, it went back into the water, and it let them so the man live. So some of the legend is that if you show that you're not afraid of this, it will leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, kind of like the spirits, right? Mm-hmm. They feed on your on your fears. Exactly. Right. But I don't know. Creatures from the sea just seem very mysterious, ugly, slimy, scary with <laughs> giant teeth and claws and beaks and all that. Uh, you know, I'll. I'll stay on the beach. I'm not going too. I'm not going more than waist deep in the ocean. <laughs> but one last thing, and we've talked about this before, that sea creature that no one has seen. Remember us talking about the bloop? Yes. So, I I forget what show this was in. I think it was in shows about sea monsters. I don't know. I forget what we talked about, <laughs> but we talked about the bloop. Mm-hmm. Now. This is a sea creature that no one's ever seen, but they've heard, and they don't know what caused this. And I still believe that it's just the sound of either oil escaping out of the bottom of the ocean or something. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people talk about the bloop, and you can go up on YouTube and listen to it, and that, and they say that's a sea creature that no one has ever seen. But like I said, I just, I've listened to it, and I just think that it's the sound of Something escaping, either whether it's gas or something escaping from the bottom of the sea. Megalodon farted. Exactly. But don't you think like, okay, just (laughs) bear with this rabbit hole. Is something way down in the deep let out a belt or a fart or whatever? Wouldn't that sound as it traveled through going up, wouldn't it intensify as it got to the lighter part of the surface? It or? might, uh, yeah. But that's kind of what the bloop sounds like. Mm. So maybe it is megalodon farts or something. <laughs> and, you know, thinking about it too, um, they have found actual rivers under the ocean. Yeah. Which is, just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So there's like water flowing in under the ocean yeah it's water of different consistency than the surrounding area so weird so yeah i mean we talk about cryptids such as bigfoot and gnomes and stuff like that but there's so many cryptids of the ocean Mm -hmm. that we don't know about and may still exist like the coelacanth which was supposed to be extinct for millions of years and they find one in a fish market in thailand or wherever yeah it's incredible i mean just think what we're going to discover when we get the technology to be able to go to the ocean seas. Elon Musk doesn't need to go in space. He needs to explore the ocean yes. and let us see weird creatures. Yes. If they can build a spaceship, they can build a submarine that can handle the, yeah. the depths. But okay. Elon, get on it. Elon. 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 But anyhow, <laughs> thank you for listening this week. Um, before we let you go, please, wherever you listen to this, please hit subscribe. Leave a positive rating and review for us. Give, a, give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment. Uh-huh. And the reason why we ask is that they have been changing the algorithms of the podcast and 
now they are looking at this stuff right. and if will help us out if you leave us a five star rating and a positive comment and a rating right year. and it just helps us reach a broader audience and we want everybody to just you know come and be entertained and listen to our show and also if you have a chance go to our Facebook page and vote for our podcast. We yeah. are trying to win uh, the top podcast for paranormal unity, para unity, wait, paranormal unity magazine. Yep. I think it's called. Um, I, I have a link there. Just click on the link. You don't have to subscribe to anything. You just um, type in your name, your email and the name of our podcast. And we are trying to beat paranormal Excel this year. Yes. Cause they beat us last Sarah month. Sarah beat us last month. So we're so. out for so we want to be number one and we want Sarah to be number two this week. Bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. If you get a chance, um, you know, pop over to our Facebook page. We always put um interesting things there and I'm trying to post um, you know, some of our old episodes on the on the page. You guys can go back and just click on the link and listen and uh enjoy some of these really interesting cryptid stories. Yes. So thank you for listening and let's leave. With one of my favorite songs from Dead and Five, second season. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you later.